Hello and welcome to Comedy in a Nutshell, with me, your host, Mark Decano. You know, comedy is a little bit like love. It can be elusive at first, but with a very small investment, it can just carry you away and take you places. It's a taxi, isn't it? Comedy is like a taxi. I love talking to the people in comedy about comedy. If you like to hear what they have to say as much as I do, then please like, subscribe, rate, review and share the podcast. Thank you. My guest this episode is a rising talent in comedy whose passion for stand-up is uniquely tangible. In fact, it's the naked enthusiasm and excitement in a performance that makes her such a joy to watch. Stand-up comedian Martha Burns. So tell me about um, growing up in Italy. Is that a comedy scene in Italy? There is a comedy scene, but there's mostly like uh, sketch comedy, character comedy. Yeah. So there was no such a thing as stand-up comedy as a genre. You mm-hmm. know, like sometimes you would have like comedic actors mm-hmm. doing monologues, uh, but it was it was like more a one-man show kind of thing. It wasn't. Right. Um, yeah, it wasn't a genre stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. Now there is a, a stand-up comedy scene in Italy, uh, but I don't know much about it because I've never performed in Italy. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as I know, it's mostly Milan, and I'm from the south. I'm from Naples. Yeah. Um, so it's mostly Milan. There's a little bit of Rome, I think. And yeah, and in Naples, I think it's like once a month. <laughs> so right. it's like, I think you possibly do stand up comedy once a month. What's the point? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so there, wa- there wasn't much. And um, I, I don't know. I think growing up for me, you know, I, I've always liked comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but growing up, especially when I was little, you know, like some of the comedy was like, uh, I, I didn't really get it. I didn't really find it funny, the kind of <laughs> sense of humor, you know. Yeah. And and now looking back, I realized that it's because it was mostly sexist. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was mostly sexist. I mean, I grew up during the Berlusconi era. Ah, right. Well, there you go. Yeah. So basically, you know, especially when women on TV, mm. they were like half naked in some sort of bikini made of paillettes, <laughs> fake boobs. And so I I was like, I could never be part of that, you know, because I don't want to I don't want to get a boob job and I, I'm not tall. I don't have long legs, you know, I cannot possibly do that. And I mean, of course there were exceptions. There were some good variety shows and mm. political satire, but of course, you know, when you're little, you don't get it because you don't follow politics. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, but I mean, I would say like 95% of it was bad, you know, and, <laughs> Yeah, it, it it really was. Um, yeah, I mean, looking back, I growing up, I was a very good student. I was the right. responsible one, you know, the first child. Like my mom had lots of energy to discipline me, which she <laughs> did with my brother and sister. So I don't know. I guess I was living like in this sort of kind of binary thinking like you if you're a good student and you're responsible you cannot possibly be funny you know what I mean you have (laughs) have to be like bad at school and naughty 
to be funny you're not carefree is yeah. you know what i mean like i <laughs> i didn't have like oh okay you can be both things like you can be smart and funny like i i didn't think it was possible to be honest. <laughs> and, and also again it's like the kind of sense of humor that i was surrounded by it wasn't mm. really mine right. you know yeah so um, I I just I just thought I don't have a sense of humor just because I didn't have that one you know I I didn't know you could be funny like in different ways right yeah so what was it that brought you to the UK uh, I don't know I just I've always wanted to live in London it's I I don't know what it was like ever since I was I was a kid I've, I've always had this fascination. Uh, for London and and then finally when I was 17 yeah. um, almost 18 it was the, the summer I turned 18 um, I visited London for the first time mm. and I was like and I, and I fell in love with it <laughs> um, but it, it felt like very kind of out of my league and intimidating and so big and so expensive and yeah. I had the feeling that people were mean and nobody would give a shit about you and and so it <laughs> took me yeah so it took me so many years to finally decide no I want to go so first I mean I lived abroad before I lived in Barcelona mm -hmm. for four years and then I moved back to land uh, to to Naples, and then I moved to Marseille in France yep. uh, for six months, just because I was doing uh, an internship at the European Parliament. I mean, one of the offices of the European Parliament. Mm -hmm. uh, but I I simply went there because I. I wanted to improve my French. I was like, <laughs> I have no ambition whatsoever to be a diplomat or whatever. <laughs> and this was like a paid internship, and it's crazy for me that I got it. To be honest, I I didn't deserve it, and but it was it was well paid, you know. Like, yeah. yeah. I I mean, honestly, this Brexit thing is like you guys have no fucking idea. The the, the honestly, like. <laughs> The the EU is the best thing ever. Like I <laughs> I went to Barcelona because of the Erasmus project, you know, the the exchange program between universities. Right. So that's how I went to Barcelona the first time. Yeah. And they gave me money for that. And then I did the internship at the European Parliament, you know, and they gave me money for that as well. It's like, it's, and people are like, what has the European Union ever ever done to you? You know. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> don't get me started on that cock up <laughs> yeah but yeah that, that's the thing and so finally at some point you know i i got back to italy to do my uh, in italian school laurea specialistica which is a sort of master's degree basically yeah. and i mean it's postgrad you do after the bachelor and I didn't know what to do with my life. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to London. I've always wanted to go to London. I'm going to move to London. And yeah. and so that's what I did. And it was when I moved to London that I started to watch stand-up comedy, mm -hmm. you know, because of Netflix and then obviously YouTube. And, and I started to go to open mics and yeah. comedy shows. I One of the first ones that I saw, I think, was... Catherine Ryan at uh, the Garrick Theatre. Yeah. Have you seen that one? Yes. Oh, yes. So good. <laughs> that was so good. And um, 
it, it was so it, it was so much fun that night. I remember because I went by myself as usual because my my friends are not big comedy fans. Maybe you can relate <laughs> to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I yeah I went I went by myself and I you know I I kind of dress up like I I put like a cute outfit on and I sat down and I started to talk with these two girls mm. and. Um, and turns out they were on a date. They were a lesbian couple. And I don't know, they were fucking hilarious. We we talked, you know, before the show. One of them, you know, was like, uh, can I buy you a drink? And I'm like, no, don't worry. I, I, I don't drink alcohol because before a show because I need to focus. Uh, that's <laughs> I'm crazy. I know. And, uh, and so she came back with a Diet Coke. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not a Coke, a Diet Coke, which is what I drink all the time. <laughs> you know my soul. <laughs> you, know my people, you know my soul. And then I remember uh, Catherine uh, Ryan you know in, was about to introduce her opening act mm -hmm. and they were joking like oh is it you are you opening and i'm like oh you stop it you know <laughs> you with me right now but i know it, it happened it was i don't know i think it was lou sanders who but for Catherine and then i yeah. yeah and anyways so that happened to me all the time, pretty much. Like every time I would go to a, a comedy show, to an open mic or whatever, like I would start talking with people in the audience and they would be like, are you a comedian? I would be like, no. <laughs> and they would be like, are you sure? And I would be like, oh, yeah. I was, I was like, no, I can never do that. I have stage fright. And they were like, no, but you're funny. You should do it. You you should give it a try. And I was like, no, no, no. And and then it, it kind of started happening to me so many times that at some point I was like, okay, maybe they have a point. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they see something that I cannot see. And mm. and so I was like, okay, I I I talked with another uh comedian was was a new bitch i think she already done one gig before yeah. uh and so i asked her so how does it work how you know how much time i have how much material you know i need to prepare mm -hmm. and so how do i apply and so she was super nice you know she explained she gave me the email you know um to apply to this all female open mic yeah to ask for a spot and she said no you, you have five minutes you can do a little bit less but I I worked on that you know I prepared my set I didn't go like <laughs> I didn't go Mrs. Nasal I didn't go like <laughs> I didn't go Mrs. Nasal I'm a Virgo I'm a control freak I prepared I prepared for that <laughs> Yeah, I remember that open mic for the first gig for like three months, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then a week before the actual gig, when they finally gave me a spot, yeah. something happened with, with a guy. I, I was seeing this guy that I took a lot in my set, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so basically, we finally had sex and on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was like so romantic and i've been wanted you know for such a long time and at some point you know we were in bed together 
And he stopped and he looked at me in the eyes almost as to say, we're not having sex. We're making love here. You know, like it, it was like very beautiful. And then he ghosted me. Wow. <laughs> and so basically I did my, that, my set was about that, or at least a big chunk of my set. Yeah. And I never done that bit again because it, it made sense because it was like a week after Valentine's Day. Right. So I felt like it made sense doing it that day, <laughs> but then I never done it again. And and I got like laughter and yeah. clapping. And it, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> well, yeah. What a way to get material. Yeah, yeah. By the way, he came back. He came back. They always do. <laughs> so when was this gig? Uh, it was, uh, um, I think it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, it was Funny Women, time of the month. <laughs> yeah, it was a Funny Women open mic that they did like once a month. Um, yeah. It was a year before the pandemic, I think, more or less. Yeah, it was February 26, maybe. So 2019. I hate to give you the timeline because I know for a fact that other comedians have lied about when they started stand up comedy. You could lie if you want. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, the thing about the timeline is that I took such a long um, break during the mm. pandemic. Like I took like two years where. You know, I was I was not in London uh, at all, so I wasn't I wasn't gigging. So when people are like, "When did you start?" It's like, okay, I can tell you when I started, but you also have to subtract, you yeah. know, like those two years. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's not fair. It's not fair. Going back to the the first gig, yeah, it was funny women time of the yeah. month. I really wanted to do that because. It just felt like such a safe space, right. you know, for the woman. When I, when I tell this to male comedians, when I'm like, oh, it was great because it was an like all-female lineup and the audience was all-female except like one guy, Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> and when I tell this to male comedians, they're like, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> The guy maybe for us it was great and it, it was uh it was such a warm environment and i was i was very very nervous yeah i mean i i couldn't breathe wow. i'm glad that i memorized my set word by word mm. because when i was a stage I, I wasn't able to breathe properly to the point you, you know um i'm sure you had the experience of but like being in a club like a nightclub and like being tipsy drunk and like you 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 can you know there are things happening around you like you <laughs> can hear sounds and you can see things but it's all blurred yeah that that was me on stage that was that was me on stage and I couldn't see properly what was happening uh, around me because because the the oxygen was reaching my brain. I think, <laughs> <laughs> but but it went great. It went shockingly well. Honestly, <laughs> I I didn't expect that. I just didn't want to bomb. 
you know, I was like, I just want to get a few laughters because if I bomb completely, I'll never do it again. You know, because I never thought about doing this. I kind of, you know, Mm. let other people telling me. So it's like, I'm I'm not that invested in (laughs) the whole thing. It's not. So it's like, if it's not working the first time, I'm never going to do it again. Yeah. And but it, it went fucking great. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, but even there, I was like, maybe it was a fluke. Maybe I just got lucky, whatever. Maybe it's because I told the the Valentine's, you know, story. Yeah. And, and people were on my side. Also, I remember opening saying, this is my first gig. Mm-hmm. And, and so maybe that's why they were so supportive. Yeah. So I was like, no, I have to do it again. I have to double check. <laughs> yeah. So I did it. The, I did it again the the month after same gig. Right. Funny women, time of the month, and I did well again. And I was like, okay, then I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna do it forever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Do you know how many times you performed before the lockdown started? How many times? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm counting them like roughly because I usually do like five gigs a week, more or less. Yeah. No, but I think um, 120, but I think there were more, uh, probably more. Right. So you did a, well over 100 in yeah. the first year and then two years of none at all. Yeah. So you must have been very comfortable as a comedian by the time you then stopped doing comedy. Yeah. I mean, I, was, I wasn't very comfortable, but... I um I kind of felt like things were kind of starting to happening, like not not happening, but like I was, you know, we're going we're going fine, we're going well, you know, like I yeah. uh, I got my my first paid gig, and I'm talking about uh, doing a set, yeah, because I started MC very early on, right? So I started getting a little bit of money very early on. Mm-hmm. But I've done my uh, my very first paid gig uh, before the lockdown and before the pandemic. And it was just 20 pounds. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I really felt like, oh, I guess, you know, things are happening for me, you know. And, and then the lockdown happened and it was like, ugh. Yeah. It's interesting that you were emceeing before you got even your first paid set. Yeah, I know. I think it's, um, well, it, w- it was luck. I mean, it wasn't just luck, but it was very much me being at this, at the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, I've been doing comedy for a few months at that point. Yeah. And I was hanging out with um, a promoter and another comedian who was as inexperienced as I was mm-hmm. basically and but she was friends with the promoter right and so she said like very lightheartedly uh oh I want to MC I want to try it and and the promoter was like sure I'll give you a trial spot you know <laughs> as to MC and I was like okay this is my window <laughs> <laughs> He said yes to her. Yes to say yes to me because we are on the same level, yeah, you know. Yeah. And he has no choice. So, so I was like, um, by the way, can I do? Uh, <laughs> 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 so 
And by the way, these other comedians, uh, she's not doing stand up anymore. Right. She was never like really invested in the process, but she was like my bridge to get the <laughs> MC gig. And yeah, so I did a trial spot and so I got, you know, the MC gig and mm-hmm. I that that was great because I don't know, people see money in different ways, but for me money are very much validation so the fact that i started to make money with comedy even if it was just a little bit mm. very early on it gave me like a big push to kind of keep doing it yeah so yeah it was great <laughs> no i mean it, it was great on one hand uh on the other hand there were um you know some comedians talking shit about me on my back which i get it in a way because they were like she's she doesn't deserve it she didn't earn it it's too early on you know for her the mc gig because sometimes i would also mc like saturday shows you know uh not just the the low stake ones you know Mm. and um and and I, and I get it in a way, you know. I get it that they were like, she doesn't deserve it, but that, that that's kind of life, you know. Like <laughs> there are times in which you deserve things and you don't get it. Yeah. And then there are times, you know what I mean. And then there are times in which you don't really, but you still get it. And yeah. life is not fair. <laughs> you know, I can give you so many examples. <laughs> Of things that I should have gotten and I didn't. <laughs> Even if I deserved it, I worked hard, you know. Yeah. So I I get the frustration, you know. Uh, but it was it was also I like, I always felt like I have people watching me, mm. waiting for me to kind of you know mess it up and be like, see, she was not ready, she was not ready. And well, yeah, but obviously, clearly, you were ready because it was a success, wasn't it? So yeah, it went well. I I think. I mean, it depends on the gig, but um, when you when you host a show, mm. especially if you host an open mic, um, you you're not just hosting; you're kind of running the show, you know. Yes. So you have to make sure everything is fine, you know. That I mean, I am a kind of worst case scenario kind of person, you know. <laughs> like, you know but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm always thinking ahead, you know, I know how kind of to fix things. I know, you know, how I'm good, you know, in a crisis. So it's mm-hmm. like if I don't know, at an open mic, sometimes you can have comedians who don't show up because you might book a pro comedian or semi-pro comedian. And they might mm-hmm. get a better gig, so they don't show up. So you have to do like more material. You have to, or, or you have to know who to call to replace them. You know, yeah. Or you have audience members coming and going. You know, and I, I was very good. I think I'm still, I still am pretty good at handling all of this. You know, yeah. and yeah. So th- that was the thing. I think there were. There were hosts that were better than me, you know, at hosting per se. Okay. But I, I, I was, you know, like being on stage. I don't know, like crowd work, whatever. But I, I was very good at running the show. So, mm. and I, I am very reliable. So I would be, I would be the one who would always step up 
when another host couldn't make it, when another host wasn't available. Yeah. Which I think some people don't understand how important it is. You know, like being a comedian, it's not just about being funny, but it's also about being reliable. Mm. And um, that's that's why a promoter might call you all the time or might book you all the time or might give you uh, yeah. hosting gigs, even if you're new, because yeah. they, you know, they can trust you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's different from being a comedian doing a set. Yeah. You know, for me it's there are like two separate jobs, you know, like when I'm hosting a show, it's not really about me. I yes. feel like uh, as a host you have to be a little selfless in a way. Yeah. It's more about the audience feeling comfortable. Yes. And let the other comedians shine you know like the way i see hosting is basically um you're coming to my to my home as audience members uh you guys are my new friends and i am excited to introduce you to my old friends mm -hmm. who are the comedians yeah you know and we're all gonna have a great time and you just have to trust me and do it <laughs> Yeah, and I think especially at an open mic, because sometimes at an open mic, you have people who have never been to a comedy show before. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you want them to, enjoy them to enjoy themselves. Like, last week I was hosting a show where there was a guy who had never been to a comedy show before. And yeah. it was like, a great time. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> <laughs> so being an act and being an MC, then, two very different jobs, as you say. Yeah. Where are you at your most comfortable? Where do you feel most challenged? Uh, I don't know. I, I I think it's just different, you know? It's not like there's one that is better than another one. Hmm. I mean, uh, when I MC, I do like the fact that I get to talk to people more. Mm -hmm. I mean, I am a people person. I love, I love people. I love getting to know people, you know? Um, when you're doing your sets, it's like you're more kind of, focus on you know your set your jokes and yeah and i like that too you know it's definitely less stress when you're doing your set versus when you're hosting mm. but I, I like both i like both to be honest yeah especially when i also book the acts i like the fact that i usually know the other comedians and yeah, it kind of feels like like a family, like getting together, you know, with yeah. with friends, and we also tell jokes. And um, one of my favorite parts is that is when comedians roast me, and because <laughs> <laughs> we've done so many gigs together that sometimes you know they would go on stage. You know, I would introduce them, and they would go on stage and just say something fucking hilarious about me and <laughs> it, 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 it's the best it's the best <laughs> like once i met a guy to see one of my shows and one of the comedians uh was on stage and so this guy you know that i was seeing he walks in and i give him a kiss on the cheek and so the comedian who was on stage could see the the whole scene and also the comedians were kind of uh in the corner of the room yeah. they, they could see that 
but the audience couldn't. Um, and so basically, this guy walks in, I give him a kiss on the cheek, mm -hmm. and I guess from the comedian on stage, you know, point of view, it looked like we were like French kissing. <laughs> and so, and so he said something like, "That's what you get for being late. Martha's gonna be." So fucking horny. She's gone. I, I don't. I don't even remember exactly. It was fucking hilarious. Uh, me and the other comedians, we were basically on the floor laughing <laughs> with tears. It was the funniest thing that's ever happened to me. Honestly, it, 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 it's, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> So how much, um, when we see you MC or when we see you as an act, when you're on stage, how much of what we're seeing is Martha? How much is you and how much is the character of you? I am um, I am very honest. I, I think mm -hmm. that my challenge uh, is to kind of look and sound more like myself when I'm on stage, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I, I mean, I didn't grow up performing, you know, I never done acting, I never done anything, you know, on a stage. So I, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm still not 100% comfortable and kind of natural, you know, mm -hmm. um, like my goal is basically to talk you know with the audience on stage the way i'm talking to you right now basically yeah and i'm not there yet mm -hmm. even though my my delivery as believe it or not has improved dramatically it was so <laughs> fucking bad at the beginning like thank god i could write jokes because i could not i could not count on my delivery whatsoever it was a disaster like when i when i watch my old videos i just cannot believe how people could laugh <laughs> it was just so bad it was it's painful to watch so uh but yeah i'm definitely still working on it and so but i i am honest i am honest when i'm in scene i am honest when i i do my sets you know all my sets are things that actually happen to me hmm. or like a a version of it i mean yeah all based on something that actually happened yeah. and like probably the 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 crazier thing the craziest thing that i say are completely true like the ones <laughs> that you're like that it's not possible that actually happened no that that's <laughs> yeah it's the craziest things that are super accurate so <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I think, you know, that's the thing about um, comedy. It's a little bit like when you, I, I studied um, screenwriting for, for a minute. And <laughs> so when, when you write a biopic, hmm. um, it, it, that, it's not a documentary. So it has to be truthful, hmm. but not true. You know what I mean? No. Like, for instance, yeah. I don't know, like if, you're writing about someone who has, let's say, he had a friend when he was in elementary school and then he had another friend when he was in high school. But 
from movie perspective, it's just better that he just had one friend, you know, yeah. throughout his um, life, basically. So you kind of create a character that is both friends, really, you know, yeah. you put it. So that you kind of do the same thing with, with comedy, I think. It does, uh, you know. Yeah. So it doesn't have, not everything has to be like super true, but it still has to be, there has to like be. Like a true story, but you might conflate the details just to keep it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, because you still need a structure, you know, you still need a punchline, you know, set up and punchline. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> you got to do it, you know, like th- there is a bit that I used to do and then I stopped doing and then now I'm doing it again for some reason um, where I talk about me going to Dick's uh, one man show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. And that's true. Like that scene that I um, maybe you you saw a bit. I don't know the last time at the Camden Comedy Club. I don't know. Maybe. But anyway, I think I did it. I'm not sure. Anyway, the, um, I went to this one man show, and there was a moment in which there was a light on. I was on uh, in the audience, and it was a moment where there was a light on me, just a mm-hmm. light on me. The rest of the room was dark. Yeah, and, and he pointed at me and he looked at me in the eyes and he said something like, there she was, the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. He did a little monologue. It was longer than that. It was not just one sentence. <laughs> but that actually happened, you know? Like, I have witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> there was a friend of mine with me. Like, after the show, she was like, oh, it, the show was good and so were you because I kind of became part of the show. And it, it sounds crazy, you know? It's like, oh, you must have made it up. And it's like, no, I do <laughs> not have that kind of imagination, you know? <laughs> I could never make something like that up, you know? Uh, but that's just one example, you know? I, I, I have another bitch where I say that when back when I was in Barcelona, I was casually dating three guys at the same time. One was Italian and two were French. And the two <laughs> French guys were both named Pierre. It's true. <laughs> Makes life easier. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriends were making fun of me. They were like, you're an evil genius. And I'm like, that's what's happened. Shitty, you know, crazy things happened to me. And you know what? And, and I feel like that's like my talent, like to kind of see those ridiculous, extraordinary details in my, mm. you know, day to day life. You know, like yeah. I I don't have a, a huge imagination. Like that's not my talent. Like my talent is, is seeing these little these little crazy things, you know, which yeah. I don't think that they happen to me exclusively, you know, I think it just most people brush them off. Like most people don't focus yeah. on those things. And I, and I do. <laughs> and then I write bits about it, <laughs> you know. Do you like look back at your day or your week and think, oh, I can use that for material? Or or are you in the moment as it's happening thinking, I can get five minutes out of this? <laughs> no, I, I think I, I I am definitely like an overthinker. I think a lot. Um, and uh, I, I tend to get obsessed with things. You know, I, yeah. I fixate. And so 
that's why I took a lot about men because that's like the biggest obsession. Like I, <laughs> I am so fascinating. I feel like women, I figure out women. Like I even, you know, I, I know how most women think. Why they do what they do. Men, it's like they're this huge mystery for me. So that's why I... I, I think a lot about men and like I, I obsess about men. And so what happens is that I would think about something that happened usually with a guy and I would get so obsessed with it and I would think so yeah. much about it until I find the funny angle. Yeah. And that's when I write a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's usually, you know, how it works for me. Yeah, I mean the story about the the three guys that that I was dating. Um, that was a story that actually came out when I was on stage doing crowd work because right. there was someone from Barcelona, and that happened in Barcelona. So I started to tell that story about Barcelona, and that was like, oh, it's a bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can use it some other time. Okay, okay, but yeah, that's usually how it happens for me. It's uh, <laughs> I, I don't I don't see that down and right it's usually i i am obsessed with some thoughts mm. and then i'm like oh that's actually funny and you know and then i write down like yeah i try it on stage yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird process as you said about hosting you've hosted your own uh comedy night as well yeah what was the yeah. impetus behind <laughs> behind um starting that oh uh, well i i it just it just happened that you know these pub wanted to start a comedy yeah. night and so i spoke with the pub manager and he seemed like incredibly supportive like when do you want to do it what do you need from me you know like you, you, i was like okay i need a mic i need a light yeah. you know the, the usual and he was and he sounded incredibly supportive and so i was like okay i guess i'm gonna do it like I I had comedians telling me before, you know, you know how to run a night. So, you know, you should have your own. Like, and and I was always like, uh, promoting is a lot. <laughs> I know, you know, it's like, you know, actually getting people, you know, audience members in a room is a lot mm -hmm. of work, you yeah. know, and I don't really want to do it. But then this opportunity came along and I was like, okay, I guess, you know, uh, maybe it's time. Also, at least at the beginning, it made me think that I could choose which day I wanted to do. So it was a Tuesday. It was a good day for me. Uh, it was a good day for the area. Yeah. It was in a spot. So it was like very central, very easy to get to. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I think the location is good. That's the time, you know, the day of the week is good. And and then turns out it wasn't that supportive, you know. <laughs> uh, and so it's like I I I don't know. Maybe I'll find another venue mm. in in the future to to do it. So yeah, yeah. So having been a booker and a promoter and an MC and an act, do you watch comedy the same way? The same way? Uh, I think so. I think so. I mean, yeah. I, um, yeah, maybe I am a little bit like more knowledgeable, but I, I, I am first and foremost a huge comedy fan. Yeah. So I... Yeah, I still watch comedy. I mean, I know there are comedians who don't. Yeah. 
uh, I find it fascinating. I, I love comedy. Yeah, I do watch comedy, yeah. of course. Do you watch it and just absorb it at face value or do you skip ahead to the punchline or you do go, oh, I understand what they're doing there. I know where this is going. Or does it still surprise you? Um, do you still laugh out loud like you did when you first saw it? Yeah, I, I, well, it depends. It depends. <laughs> if it's on... funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I'm not a cheap love myself. Like I, I don't love everything. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely, I still laugh aloud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any anything I don't know, Ali Wong does pretty much makes me laugh aloud. Like flopping <laughs> to the to the monitor of my computer like a like an idiot. Like yeah, I still do that. I, absolutely, yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, that that's uh, that, I don't know. Like I I I feel like that's also why uh, I I am doing comedy. You know, like even even before thinking about doing stand up, I yeah. still wanted to write comedy. Right. You know, I love what comedy does to people. You know, like when I when I'm in a bad mood or I'm I'm sick or whatever. You know, I watch sitcoms. I would set up shows, you know, like, yeah. I I love that, you know, like, we don't need to cry all the time, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does make people feel better, you know, like, you had a bad day, you go home, you watch Shit's Creek, or, you know, The, the Office, yeah. or 30 Rock, like, recently I rewatched 30 Rock, oh my god, what a masterpiece, what a masterpiece. <laughs> Honestly, so good. Yeah, that's so that, that's that's why you know I, there's like healing, uh, proverb, you know, to 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 comedy. So yeah, of course I yeah I do watch it. I do it and I watch it. I consume it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So tell me about what been so far your your best and worst gigs. <laughs> Okay, best gig. Uh, I would say like recently, the best gig. Uh, I've done a gig in Newcastle and mm-hmm. the stand yeah. in Newcastle, and it was fucking amazing because it was a full room, three hundred people. Yeah, I don't think I've ever performed with three hundred people before. <laughs> um, I don't, it, it was crazy it was like the energy the adrenaline like when I was on stage I was shaking the entire time and I don't I don't think it was the nerves necessarily like I think it was just all the energy you know coming from all the people around me and by the way I don't look like I was shaking like if you watch the video like <laughs> I don't know maybe maybe I wasn't visibly shaking maybe I I I just felt like I was shaking, <laughs> like inside. I don't know, but it, it it was incredible. It was such a great audience. It was a fair audience as well. Like it's not like they were laughing at everything, yeah. you know. Uh, um, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I I love that. Yeah, it was, it was pretty great. <laughs> also, worst get okay. Worst gig. <laughs> oh my god, this is this is hard because there are so many, <laughs> so many. I mean, comedy is full of humbling experiences. Uh, let's put it this way. Um, I think probably the worst gig, the worst gig, and I, I'm choosing this one for a particular reason, um, because I, I feel like it's it's normal to bomb, 
you know, I mean, it happens. Yeah. Nobody likes it, but it happens. But um, this one was special. <laughs> Basically, I was doing a, a gong show. Oh, dear. Uh, I've only <laughs> done a handful of those. I am terrible <laughs> at it. I have, I can only say negative negative things about gong shows. I um, and I'm not going to because it's like okay, you're not good at it, so you hate it. Okay, how original? <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like it's not intellectually honest for me talking about gong shows. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I feel like I should be good at it and then talk shit about it. <laughs> Anyways, so I, w- I was doing this gong show. Uh, I've only done a handful. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, it was up the creek, the blackout, and Mo Gilligan was there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mo Gilligan watched the entire show. <laughs> Okay, so I go on stage and basically. It's also such a confusing experience for me because people were laughing. People were laughing. <laughs> <laughs> people were cheering. It was going well. But the three people who had the cards, you know, yeah. they got me out. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and then as I was leaving, I was going home, you know, there were these girls who were like, oh, you were great. You were funny. <laughs> That's better. And Mo Gilligan was, you know, was there watching me bomb. And it, it's like, you know, <laughs> I mean, <sighs> so bad. It's like, why? Why did you leave the house tonight? <laughs> Go record some show. Why? It was, uh, so then I took the bus, you know, I went home, I took the bus, I cried in the bus. I always cry. <laughs> but then she took our shows. I was like, I find them devastating. You know? <laughs> and yeah, so I cried. And people don't believe this because I, I, I kind of look like a tough bitch or whatever. I just, I kind of have this vibe, which I think is one of the reasons why I don't do well at gum shows, by the way. Um, just, you know, people are like, no, we hate you. You. It's like, yeah, we you make us laugh, but we still hate you. So fuck off. <laughs> I feel worst gig is one where everyone was laughing and people afterwards are saying it was great. That's not like the worst of the worst, is it? No, oh, it was but, terrible. No, everyone I, was I, laughing. I, that's the thing. It's like when you when you talk about did you you know deserving things and life not being fair you know it's like yeah. uh, sometimes you know you go to to gong shows and there are people who never who don't get laughs you know maybe they get smiles maybe they are entertaining in other ways but they don't actually get laughs like you, you don't hear laughs during their set and they still go yeah. through because they you know they maybe usually they don't win but they usually go through you know they still go through right. and and it's like, you know, and then I get laughs, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> See, talking yeah. about fairness, there's no such a thing as fairness. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it was, I mean, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if like nobody important is watching you, but what's the fun? <laughs> <laughs> But that night, that night, actually, uh, a friend of mine won, and he was like a huge Mo Gilligan fan. Like he was like Mo Gilligan was his comedy hero. 
so anyone the anyone you know the blackout i would i was happy for him honestly i was i was very happy for him yeah i still cried on my way home <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like you've you've mentioned there a couple of important lessons, like, for example, comedy is always humbling. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any other uh, important lessons that you've learned, anything that's informed your philosophies about your comedy going forward? I thought a lot about this. I I feel like with comedy, it's like the more I learn, the less I know. I I, I think I'm quoting some songs right now. (laughs) I'm not sure which one. But um, I... Yeah, it's like I, I feel like the moment I I think that oh I figured this thing out, you know, like I, I learned this lesson, I know what to do if something similar happens or whatever, mm. then something happens that makes me feel like I am as clueless as the way I started. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> it's uh yeah and it's it's just I think a progression is just not a straight line you know like that there are so many you know setbacks sometimes it looks like things are going in a certain direction for the better for the worse and then something there's a plot twist and (laughs) it actually goes the other way and yeah I think I mean, maybe the lesson that I learned, and again, and again, maybe tomorrow I'll think about it. I would be like, "Oh, I actually was wrong," <laughs> but um, <laughs> it usually happens. But I think the harder you work, the better you get at it. Mm. Um, I think for me, there was there was a moment where I was, you know, around the time that I started out, like a few months in, and when I was like, "Oh, I don't want to do like." you know like lame open mics like poorly you know attended open mics what's the point I want to do the cool gigs you know and and then I realized actually you know the people were doing well like the comedians are doing well right now it's because they do all the gigs all the time you know they do the the good ones and the not so good ones and it's just they don't post it about it. Yeah. You know, they don't put it on Instagram where they do like a gig in the basement of a pizzeria, but they still do it. Yeah. They still do it. Yeah. And and that's how you, you know, you you get better, you know. Uh so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can be you can be too picky, you know, when, when you started out and uh everything you know can can be useful you know just even if you're telling jokes to two people like you can never know you you might come up with new material you might mess up a joke and then realize no actually the messed up version is better than the one that i wrote home you know (laughs) and so yeah and also you always meet new people so you know you kind of build connections you 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 make friends and 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 I think a, a big part of it is like also like learning to, uh, this is so, it's pray and love of me, but <laughs> kind of enjoy the journey, you know, because, it, it, you know, the, the people that you see all the time and you make jokes with all the time, you know, yeah. and I think the further you go, the more you're like, oh, I just want to be in and out, you know, I just want to do the set and go home or go to the next gig. but. Mm-hmm it's actually nice to hang out you know with other comedians and 
you know, we, we are a weird <laughs> species, you know. But, yeah, but, but we're also great, you know. Like, I, I, I had such great conversations with comedians, you know, yeah. that you cannot have with, like, normal people. <laughs> you, you just cannot. You, you really cannot. It's like we, we can go so silly and yet so deep you know so quickly like i i have the most interesting conversation like we we talk about things like gender discrimination or racism you know in such a kind of casual nonchalant you know mm. way yeah. which is like i mean if i if i talk about i don't know racism with like a normal i don't know black person mm. They would be like, "Why is this white lady talking about racism? <laughs> What's her agenda?" And also, they would be tense all the all the time, thinking, "Okay, waiting for the racism to come." <laughs> you know, okay, let's say something. Wait, 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 I mean, that's it. She's gonna, you know, she, not, she wants to lecture me, whatever. Whereas with a male comedian, you, you, not just a female comedian, but also male comedians, you, you can say shit like, you know what? The problem is that men just don't see women as people, and you know, you can go, you, you can just say things like that, and they, they're gonna be like, okay, like, you know, like they will talk about it and just, yeah. you know, they. Whereas if you say something like that with a normal person, we'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> why? You know, why would you say that? You know, uh, but you, you, can, you can have these conversations. Like um, I, I was at a gig the other day and I, I wanted to leave during the interval, you know, during the break. And I was not sure I could do that. Like, I, you know, in terms of etiquette, mm. basically. Like, I don't know if they wanted acts you know to stay or whatever it was like no you can go don't worry why are you like so weird about it i was like what should i say because i was like what should i say you know and they were uh, they were like just say goodbye you know like uh, (laughs) and i was like okay you need to understand i'm a woman i mean it's so easy for me to go from normal to crazy or from normal (laughs) to bitch you know if i only look you you know, in a way that you don't like, I'm a massive bitch. You know, man, it's like you need to rape and murder me. And maybe people would consider that you might be crazy. Maybe. But if, probably if, if they can blame the victim, you know, you can get away with it. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it was like, oh, yeah, I get it. You know, like you cannot really have like that kind of you know, blandness with a normal mm. person. <laughs> you know, they're gonna be weird out. You're gonna be like, ah, oh, you know, you read too much glorious item. I don't know. Like you 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 listen to the Spice Girls too much, whatever. I don't know what's going on with you. I I don't <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that about comedians. So yeah, like try and make friends. That's <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> so what about um what about Edinburgh? Oh uh, yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Um in an unexpected turn of events. Um 
meaning I found a cheap accommodation for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going, uh, yeah, I'm going to Edinburgh. I'm doing compilation shows. Yeah. I mean, unless there's another unexpected turn of events and <laughs> I get to do like a, a split show or something. Yeah. yeah, I do have enough material to do like 20, 30 minutes. So if something like that, you know, comes up, I'd be happy to do it. But yeah. I mean, I've never been there. So, you know, I just want to see what all the fuss <laughs> is about. And it's uh, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it will. Yeah. So yeah, I I look forward to it. I, I'm a little I'm a little scared because you know I I never been there and it's like I you know when you like so desperately want to have both a good time but also like a productive time. Like I I want to do as many gigs as possible and uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like that's the whole point. Yeah. I mean the first time you go yeah so yeah uh so how can we find out about you and where you're playing uh instagram i i try to post on instagram <laughs> when i do uh mostly my story please follow me i need more followers please follow me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah see so mostly instagram i um i don't have a website yet i i might create one at some point but not yet so yeah it's instagram and finally, can you please sum up what is comedy in a nutshell? What is comedy in a nutshell? Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I already said it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like comedy is like, it, 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 it's healing. It's good. It's good for, for you, whether, you know, you watch it or you do it. And... Yeah. Yeah, we need we need laughter. It's 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 good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Martha, thank you so much. It's been absolutely joyful listening to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>